Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Fleeting Glimpse uh, podcast. I am, uh, as always, your host, Eric, speaking from the city of Bergen in Norway. We follow the same three-part formula here. First part, I will talk about uh, today's movie. And uh, today is not an old movie. This movie came out in 2019. But uh, it's set in a different time. More uh, specific, it's set in 1994. The movie is called Beats, and uh, it's about uh, friendship and uh, the rave culture in uh, Scotland at the time. And second part of this podcast, I will discuss a couple of the cars that are spotted in these movies. Cars that are very well known to me from uh, earlier days, and perhaps to you as well. The cars are the 1976 Volvo 245 DL and a 1984 Ford Sierra XR4i MK1. And seeing these cars in a movie uh, sparks a few memories uh, from uh, yonder days that I hope you don't mind that I share with you. So, without uh, much further delay, let's get started with part one, the movie. It's uh, called Beats. It was made, like I said, in 2019. Quite a recent movie. So what's it doing here in Fleeting Glimpse, which mostly is about 80s and 90s movie movies? Well, uh, it's about uh, a different time. Like I said, it's set in Scotland in, ni- in 1994. And dear listener, be careful here. There are two films released in 2019. Both of them are called Beats. Uh, if you wonder which one this is, this is the Scottish one. I had to uh, Google uh, Beats 2019 Scotland. And then uh, the right one popped up. It is also directed by a Scotsman called Brian Welsh. And with a last name like that, you'd think that he's uh, not Scottish, but Welsh. But uh, I checked it. No, he was born in Falkirk in Scotland. Now, this is another hidden gem of a movie. And uh, if you ask me, it's a bit too hidden, as I have uh, had great difficulties finding the movie on uh, streaming networks. And I had actually to use a VPN in order to be allowed to rent it from Amazon Prime, as my location here in Norway was unaccepted. It is uh, quite annoying not to be allowed to see the movie you are willing to pay for. Maybe the movie business is not very democratic after all, and maybe I'm just too naive. No wonder uh, people resort to illegal uh, downloads via torrents. Regardless... If you are interested in in and want to see this excellent movie about friendship and the mid-90s rave culture in Scotland, then it is available on Amazon Prime. And the current rating on the Internet Movie Database is 7.1, which is quite good if you ask me. So let's take a look at the plot of this fine movie. It is set in 1994 in Livingston, Scotland, against the backdrop of the criminal Justice and Public Order Act of 1994. This effectively banned outdoor rave parties across the whole of the UK. The Criminal Justice and Public Order Bill, you heard about this. They're going to make it illegal to have gatherings around music wholly or predominantly characterised by the emission of a succession of repetitive beats. Regardless, we meet uh, our two main characters, two Scottish uh, friends around 16, 17 years old, 
getting ready for the party of a lifetime. An illegal rape. There's the middle-class hero, Jono, Christian, played by Christian Ortego. He lives with his uh, mom in a Scottish town. It's not easy for Jono. His uh, stepfather, who uh, is a policeman, wants them to move to greener pastures away from his best friend, Spanner, played by Lorne MacDonald. Spanner comes from a different layer of society, the lower working class. He lives together with his older and abusive brother, Fido. Parents' fates are not disclosed, but they are not present there for Spanner. Despite differences, Jono and Spanner, being friends since childhood, learns about a rave party via a radio broadcast, some kind of underground uh, dance radio. They meet up with uh, others, uh, other friends and escape to celebrate their last night together before Jono is moving away. Off they go, Ellen hold uh, Volvo uh, towards uh, the party. And this uh, trip is a good one in all aspects, complete with the uh, transient highs and crashing lows. That will remind you of those mid-90s rave parties, if you were part of that culture. And if you were, like me, not taking MDMA or ecstasy, as it was called, and walking the straight and narrow, then you might be reminded of the 2001 Stargate sequence, only done in 90s fashion. And when I saw this movie back in uh, 2019, I must say that I, I never heard about this legislation against uh, rave parties, the Criminal Justice and Public Order Act of 1994. Of course, I was uh, 20 years old, and uh, at that age, you're uh, more or less uh, oblivious to everything going on in the world. And there are more pressing things to do at that time, instead of uh, folding uh, up a newspaper, reading about... Uh, the foreign policy section or sitting down in front of uh, the TV at a certain time to catch the, the news. No, at that time for me and uh, for uh, these main characters, it's about uh, waiting for the weekend and finding a party to go to. Not a rave party, mind you. In 1994, the whole dance rave technoculture was heavily affiliated with uh, drug abuse. Hence, I guess, the legislation in the uh, UK. Although it doesn't, uh, it rings really strange when I heard about it in 2019, <laughs> so many years later. And it reminded me of another movie where dancing was prohibited. Uh, if you remember 1984 movie Footloose with uh, Kevin Bacon, when we saw it in the cinema, I couldn't believe it that it was illegal to dance in some areas of the United States back then. Funny then how history seems to repeat itself. And that's not a good thing. So uh, why do I like this uh, movie? Well, uh, it's uh, really about uh, a movie about one last night uh, out together with your best friends, which is usually good fun. I'm very fond of movies like this. Uh, you can compare it to uh, the old movie Dazed and Confused. Now the movie is uh, shot in black and white, but uh, for, most, for the most part that is, except the, the rave scene. But don't let that scare you away. The film has very good attention to detail, and you really feel like you are in 1994, in a gritty Scottish town. I instantly noticed the haircuts that were so popular back then, along with uh, the fashion. And it's uh, funny to see uh, today's uh, kids uh, going around in... Uh, Similar clothing. Not so fun to see those uh, horrible haircuts uh, on the streets. But, uh, well, 
it was really cool back then. And uh, back then I also had hair, so uh, that was also a good thing. Acting is also uh, quite good in my humble opinion. And uh, this uh, movie is going to a party. Uh, last uh, week I also did a movie uh, about the New Year's party. Everybody's uh, looking for the, the big party in that movie as well. And uh, maybe there are some uh, life truths about this as well. Maybe we're all just looking for that uh, perfect party. And let's hope it's not behind us. Let's keep looking. I'm sure it's there just beyond the horizon. And so what's not to like about this movie? Well, not too convincing, perhaps. It has been done before. It's another coming-of-age film featuring male main characters. And uh, this leaves it a bit shallow. Sure, there are females uh, present in this movie, but the movie is all about the uh, the bromance between Jono and Spanner, and it is limiting to a movie that does a very good job in almost all other aspects. It definitely would be nice to have uh, more depth to the female rave seekers as well, as there are many things about them that you want to know more about. I would do, will ignore the goof of seeing a uh, 2006 uh, Ford Transit on the motorway uh, in a movie that's supposed to be in 1994. Uh, it does not ruin the film for me like it did uh, with the 200 cigarettes and its multitude of uh, cars that were uh, absolutely wrong. But this time I liked the movie too much to notice uh, and uh, everything else is done right and uh, then it's a good thing. And if you are interested in rave or dance culture or want to learn what all the fuss was about, then it's worth looking for this movie. You may also want to see this movie and relive those hazy days that were perhaps too hazy to remember for some participants. And you will definitely get some flashbacks to the dance culture of the early 90s. Maybe the uh, director, uh, Brian Welsh, uh, was part of this, as he describes it so well. I There's a small suspicion there. You may also just be interested in early 90s fashion and music. I would light a candle for you and wish you well. Just don't uh, copy that haircut of Spanner's older brother, Fido. Didn't look good then. Still awful today. And you don't know him, he's all right. He's Fido Smith's wee brother, for Christ's sakes. Aye, but he's no criminal or that. Look at him. Look at his hairdo. And that's a crime against his heat. Now, I mentioned uh, music. Uh, I, too, listen to dance and techno music uh, back in those days. I still do sometimes. But there, uh, here, it was more Eurodance and Yellow Electronica. It's a subgenre of house and uh, techno, originated in Europe in the late 1980s and uh, popular until the early 2000s. I'm sure you can relate to this music. Snaps uh, the power from 1990. Bands like uh, Culture Beat, Dr. Alban, Venga Boys, and so forth. Synthesizer riffs, simple chorus rap parts, sampling, and drum machine clap beat. It was the music to have on the various. Uh, nightclubs in the city, hard not to go to the dance floor, but somehow I managed to stay away. In the, the movie Beats you can see a graffiti with a saying, your fear of looking stupid is holding you back. So true for me during those and later years. And a lesson for all I think, 
put on some Euro energy music and hit the dance floor of your living room. And with regards to the cars, I noticed uh, here in this movie, and we're now moving on to part two of this uh, podcast. Well, the cars, they are not very important in this movie. More a means to an end, getting to and from a destination, in this case, a rave party in an industrial complex on the outskirts of a Scottish town in the year 1994. And for you, dear listener, a car may be just something trivial like that, just a colored metal box with wheels that will get you from A to B, and even C if it is reliable enough. I would agree with you, uh, but remember, I have a condition or an ailment, if you might say, and uh, so I must delve in a little further. The two cars I will uh, uh, mention today are uh, the two cars that are used a lot in the movie. They have seen the most of uh, the cars and they remind me of stuff I have experienced in my own life. And that is why I, I single them out. It's the 1976 Volvo 245 DL and the 1984 Ford Sierra XR4i MK1. And why do I mention that uh, old Volvo station wagon, that 1976 Volvo station wagon? Well, my dad uh, used to have one. He uh, had it through his uh, job as a salesman and uh, it was an ugly green, uh, dark green uh, color, a station wagon smelling of tobacco, as my father smoked a lot uh, also when driving. I mentioned in an earlier podcast uh, how you, <laughs> if you were in the back seat and we were kids, so we were there often, we had to roll down... Uh, the window back there and uh, gasp in some fresh air. He did have several Volvos through his job and it was always a 200 series, usually a station wagon uh, like uh, this one. It is a boxy model, uh, large space in the, uh, the back. We're on uh, long uh, journeys on the late 70s, early 80s. Me and my sister could actually sleep uh, in the back of the car. Of course, seatbelts uh, were installed in the Volvos. They were uh, very good on uh, security or safety measures, but didn't matter much in those days, those early days, as we were free to roam uh, in the back of the car without any seatbelts uh, attached. Kind of uh, strange to think about it now, uh, especially these days when uh, safety is uh, number one. I'm just glad we got through it alive. I also remember uh, we used to bring uh, the cat along on those long uh, car journeys, uh, eight hour, 500 kilometers from the west coast of Norway to the south coast. And we put that poor cat in a box uh, on the ceiling of that Volvo. And you could hear it mowing all the way uh, to uh, the destination. Poor cat. I will mention uh, these journeys in another podcast. I'll probably get back to that Volvo. I, I always do. But uh, the other car I would like to talk to you about is that uh, Ford Sierra XR4i MK1. A very cool car at the time. Uh, it's a model 1984 uh, with a 2.8 uh, liter V6 uh, engine with an, uh, at the time, impressive 150 horsepower. Easily recognizable with that uh, biplane uh, rear wing and alloy wheels. And in the movie, uh, the Volvo station wagon is driven by uh, the, these uh, young ravers uh, headed for uh, the party. And a funny scene there on the motorway where Jono actually has to take over the wheel with very little driving experience uh, due to the driver, the original driver, being uh, getting high on some illegal substance. The Ford Sierra in the movie is uh, driven by the criminal elements of uh, this movie. Namely, Spanner's uh, brother Fido and uh, 
his designated driver and uh, his uh, drug dealer. Dressed impeccably in uh, Sergio Tacchini uh, tracksuit and uh, Reebok uh, t-shirts. True to the time. And the reason I mentioned this era is because, uh, well, we had one in the family. My mother uh, bought one uh, back in 1993 or 94, I think it was. And it was a model 1990 Sierra. 2-liter CLI hatchback MK2 with a facelift uh, and uh, sporting uh, impressive 120 horsepower. I had inherited uh, her old car, the Ford Granada 1977 model. And she took over this Sierra. And it was a fun car to drive, a rear-wheel drive, a silver metallic, cheap blue plastic dashboard, and that 90s awful seat pattern. Just Google it if you uh, wonder what that means. I borrowed this car on occasion. It was uh, cheaper to drive than my old uh, Granada. I took it, uh, actually, for a spin on a snowy, snowy football field. And uh, I was stupid enough to brag about it to the car owner, being my mother. Not my proudest moment, uh, and she let me hear it, of course. Not uh, the way to treat someone else's uh, car. Just a little more info about the Ford Sierra. They were mid-range cars for for Ford, made in uh, Europe uh, from 1982 to 1993. And its name uh, derives from the Spanish name for uh, mountain range. Lots of mountain ranges in the European Ford lineup. Uh, the Cortina, the Taunus, Granada. Ford Sierra was uh, quite a radical design uh, change from its predecessor, the Ford Cortina. I remember in those days it looked uh, futuristic with its uh, unconventional aerodyna- aerodynamic design. However, beneath the hood, uh, the new Sierra was nothing special compared to the older Cortina in the US. It was sold as the Mercure with uh, American specifications. Uh, This was a name after the German name for Mercury, of course. Its designer was also a German designer for for Sierra, German uh, national Uwe Bansen, who previously also designed uh, the Taunus 17M and the Ford Capri Mark II. And my mother's second-hand Mark II Sierra certainly looked good. Even in the early 90s, silver metallic was never my favorite car color. But the black unpainted plastic bumpers dampened the silvery look, and it looked okay. I guess most cars during the 90s went over to painted bumpers. Despite the good looks, my mom did not have a good experience with this car at all. The auto dealer that sold her the car failed to inform her that the car had been involved in a collision. And after a while this revealed itself by many problems such as unresponsive steering due to damage to the steering column and uh, other problems such as uh, the locking mechanism, making it impossible to uh, get into the car. For example, never trust a car dealer is my advice to you. I don't think me spinning it around in circles on the football field uh, next to my old school did any damage to this car, but but who knows. Anyway, by this time uh, my dad had uh, passed away, uh, my mom not having the time or means to investigate these troubles. She had to argue with the dealership, which tried to fix the issues with his car. I think they did it very half-heartedly. They did not manage to fix uh, everything, and so frustratingly this car went in and out of the repair shop. As for me, I had my own problems to worry about, most uh, 19, 20-year-olds do, and car repair was uh, not a priority for me back then. 
And back in uh, 1994, uh, I had uh, completed uh, my compulsory military service in the north of Norway. This was in July that year. I went home for a short weekend, uh, probably did some uh, partying with my friends, and then uh, straight uh, to the eastern part of the country. And in uh, 1994, uh, I had uh, completed my compulsory military service in the north of Norway. That was in July 1994. I went home for a quick weekend uh, before I had to go straight to the eastern part of the country to study at a maritime college there. All was not well. Uh, I was tired of school, tired of being in the Navy. I just wanted to hang out with my friends in Bergen. So that first year at college was a bit of a disaster. Come to think of it, I think the second year also was a bit of a disaster. I failed uh, going to class and as a result I did not really get to know my new uh, classmates. What did it matter, I thought. I had all the friends I needed back home in Bergen, so I avoided staying at the depressing college uh, dorm and it really was a depressing place. And I spent a lot of my student loan money taking uh, the train uh, across the mountain to Bergen every other weekend. Or I took the car, driving the old Granada over those mountains. It was cheaper to take the train and, uh, well, the old car, it was not reliable on uh, the wintry roads. More like a sleigh, I have to say. Good thing I had uh, proper winter tires with spikes. Kind of a low point uh, in my life, those uh, first years at the college. Uh, I'm sure uh, people can relate to that. College is not easy. But I had uh, issues, of course, uh, losing my father at a young age. I was 16. Uh, I'll talk about that some other time. Don't want to depress you too much on this uh, podcast. Regardless, I was uh, not motivated, uh, bordering on depression, I think. Uh, but some good things happened. Uh, and uh, in Bagen, uh, I, uh, I met a girl. And that's where the old uh, Sierra comes in again. Like a silvery ghost uh, haunting me with uh, bad uh, tidings. And of course, those weekends uh, I went home from uh, college. I had to stay at my mom's place. Not always easy, living with your parents, only for a short while. Of course, there was just uh, the one parent, but still, you know how it is. It's not, uh, it's not ideal, especially when you uh, want to hang out with friends in the city. And this was a little bit outside of the city. To make matters worse, the girl I tried to impress every other weekend lived on the other side of Bergen, almost 40 minutes away by car. Or by Sierra, I should say. And it's the awkwardness of dating in the 90s, which was expensive. Picking up the girl I was interested in at her home, 40 minutes away. Driving her out to my mother's house, if it was empty. Eating a frozen pizza and watching a movie with her. And realizing that I have <laughs> unfortunately ended up in that uh, fabled or uh, well-known friendship zone with no possibility of moving forward. Proper 90s frustration, uh, driving her all the way back to her house, uh, breaking speed limits because I just wanted the humiliation to be over. Then repeat the same uh, next time we meet until I decided to be less of a friend and more of the idiot I thought this girl, these girl, girls uh, wanted. All the while, I should just relax and be myself. I think that is hard to do, uh, even today. Friends are hard to come by, and the ones uh, you manage to get should be treated with uh, respect. Now, if you uh, want to know what just what kind of idiot I became, well, 
maybe not such a big idiot at first, but uh, I started ignoring this girl, cancelling those video nights. That was actually quite nice. Hey, wait a minute, you might say, that's not being cruel or an idiot. That's how you should treat someone who puts you in the friend zone. Well, maybe so in the beginning, but once you start down that road, you end up hurting others as well. And this girl, very nice she was, uh, interested in movies. Uh, affinity for romantic movies, which made sitting next to her in the sofa looking at people kissing in the movies all the more difficult. How awkward those 90s were. We stayed uh, friends for a long time, uh, saw a lot of movies. We even saw Titanic together and I defended Billy Sane's uh, character because I knew that would uh, piss her off as she had a crush on Leonardo DiCaprio, along with every other girl at that time. What an argument we had. But let's return briefly to that Ford Sierra that I drove her around in. And I think it was pretty nice of my mother to let me borrow it. She uh, probably could not see stand the sight of it anymore due to all the problems. In 97, she had enough of that Sierra and uh, of Ford for that matter. She would never buy Ford again, she said. And she didn't. Instead, she decided to buy a brand new car to avoid hidden problems. A good choice it proved to be, as she still owns that car today, uh, model 1998 Audi A4. And I will definitely talk more about Audis in the future. As the 90s uh, drew to a close, uh, my trusty and rusty Ford Granada 1977 model was getting ready for the scrap heap. The inline 4 engine kept running, but everything else was falling apart. At the start of the new, new millennium, I had to have a rope attached to the passenger door and hold it tight when I was making sharp left turns. This in order to keep the door from flying open. It felt like riding a boxcar, holding various ropes to maneuver. <laughs> My girlfriend at the time was not impressed by that, uh, although I appreciated her being on board that Granada as she could more easily hold the door in place. Eventually, the car was retired and I bought a cool-looking metallic green 1993 Audi 80. The year 1994 was uh, not all bad for me. Uh, military service was actually a good experience for a young man and helped me away from safe surroundings in Belgium. I learned to handle a machine gun, a uh, knowledge I luckily have not needed since. I had a great time with my group of friends from high school in Belgium. We are still friends uh, today by the way so something was uh, definitely done right and there were great movies to see pulp fiction the shawshank redemption to name a few and very good euro dance music as well like uh, the one you hear now uh, coming in the background from german group max check out that music video and you will see that lovely white pontiac firebird the car you always wanted thank you for listening uh, Put on your uh, dance shoes or socks and get out there. Remember, the fear of looking stupid is holding you back. Come with me, did you feel it? I feel like rape. Be born in the race in the New York City. Yeah, in a dance hall and a dance hall on a dance floor. Me do a rum dance man. Raga this, raga that, and I rub it up styling. Feeling okay, me a feeling so iron.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for listening. This is uh, Fleeting Clips uh, podcast. My name is Eric, your uh, host uh, for this podcast. Hope to see you again uh, next week. Until then, uh, do take care and uh, see you soon.